Live from Las Vegas, this is The Wayne Coy Show. Okay, we're, we're not going to even hesitate tonight. That's how good of a mood we're in. We're just going to just jump in here and talk hockey right away. I think it's important that we do that. We have momentum going. We don't want to stop. Mr. Hockey is Chris Collins. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. You, I know you watched every minute of this, and if you're like me, in in about 30 seconds, you were like, what's the final score going to be here, like 35 to 20? or I, I never seen that, that much scoring that quick ever. Yeah, you had, uh, what, three goals in the first three minutes? Yeah. It was some number like that. Right, yeah. that, that was well, nuts. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, series. I What I said, seven, it went six. I think uh, the real thing that came out of it, couple of things uh was the vegas uh, forward uh grouping four of them because uh cassidy likes to play four like he did in boston and i gotta tell you they beat the snot out of the oilers defenders the oiler defenders were clueless uh in the final what four five and six uh, games uh in that series now they won that shows you how good Mc, uh, uh, mcdavid yeah, and uh, the others are. I mean, McDavid is a phenomenal athlete, and Edmonton's lucky that he doesn't want out. I mean, this is what next year I think it's year ten and eleven for he and Drysidle, and uh, you know he makes a lot of money. Uh, he's the kind of kid I think that probably is going to you know stick it through. He doesn't really want to uh, you know raise any stink there, and and not to get off on Edmonton because they lost, and I'm thrilled. Anytime an Alberta team loses, I'm all for it. Knock go them go all away, out go away. Up. That's what I told them. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. See you at the casino. The snot out of him. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, so uh, McDavid, he's trending on Twitter, and and a lot of it has to do with the ladies. Uh, he's quite popular with the chicks. Yeah, he's a good-looking kid. Six foot two, makes uh, twelve million dollars a year. In Maybe that's salary. why. And, yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, he's a he's a phenomenal athlete. They and all they all too. wish that that they had our mullets, though, Chris. You know that, right? Yeah, it's true. That's true. That you know, hockey mullets are a thing that need to come back. I mean, it's just something you could still do it. Miss. You could you could rock a mullet. Yeah, I probably could rock a mullet. <laughs> yeah. You, could. you have hair. Help. Yeah. So we don't know <laughs> don't who jealous. we don't know who the Golden Knights are going to play yet. So it's either going to be the Kraken, which kind of scares me, or what Dallas, right? Yeah, that was. A, I just I turned the game off to come into here. It was a phenomenal game, one nothing after two. Now I know they're in the third period. I, I'm I'm in here in the other room, so I haven't uh, seen what's going on. But this is a netminder battle. Both have been phenomenal. There have been chances both ways. Uh, and you've got one team, Dallas, which I told you before. A lot of the people, the NHL Players Association, a lot of those athletes. I think when they did their season pre uh, preseason prediction numbers it was overwhelming that everybody thought dallas which i thought was interesting would come out of the west over colorado and i'm not quite sure why because i think landeskog got hurt well i know why okay I take that back landeskog has had a bad knee last season with the avalanche he made it through the season relatively unscathed and they won the cup hmm. and now he's gone for the next year and i think a lot of players knew that he was having trouble he's getting older and boy, I'll tell you what, Colorado, they did not have that grit level without him. And Dallas has got a lot of talent. They've got big players on defense. Big players punish players when they come in to the zone. It's a, part of our game. 
that is very underlooked, okay? And you talk to any player, what they hate is playing against big players when they come in to try to set the puck, or what we say, set the cycle, or get the puck deep, and then set the work off the half balls. These big D come in, and they smack guys around. And it can take its toll. That's fatiguing, saw, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Vegas did this well. Cassidy doesn't get credit. I haven't read the papers uh, online, if you will. Uh, in Vegas, but I don't know what there, what has been said about the Vegas style. I'm telling you, from somebody that sits outside, they looked a lot like the Boston Bruins last night. The uh, and they have this series. They have slowed down these games against the fastest team I've ever seen. Yeah, in, and that's saying something with the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they they just they come at you in waves, and this looked like a an Eastern Conference game from three years ago in Boston. I mean, it was without, amazing. Without the and, blood, though, there was it wasn't a bloody well, yeah. game. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, and without the fans that talk funny. Yeah. So yeah, all, all in all, but uh, now what's this situation amazing. with the cracking and the coaching uh, uh, deal? There, I was reading something I didn't quite understand it. What's who's the head coach for the Kraken? Uh, head coach is the former head coach of the Flyers. Uh, Dave is a former head coach at North Dakota. And, um, you know, he's a uh, in Philadelphia. I think he got some criticism uh, for being um, a little bit too rigid. They played a system. The Flyers are a lot like the Raiders in that they have this archaic method that Al had for years, which is we're going to get to the quarterback, which is great. And we're going to hurt him in the first five or six plays and let him know we're there, which they couldn't do because he had the wrong athletes. And then it was always big and fast. And the Flyers uh, have kept this. And each coach that's come in have said, well, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. And it's not, it's not worked. So anyway, he was run out of Philly. People said, well, he's a college coach. It's tough for college coaches to make the transition into the professional game. And there are many reasons why, led by when you give an athlete guaranteed money and they're making three, four, five, six, seven million a year, they can tune out. And what are you going to do? You're not going to fire the team. You're going to get rid of the coach. Sure. But Ron Francis hired him in uh, Seattle after a long uh, meeting with him that spent one over two or three days at the World Championships a couple of years ago. And in fairness, Ron, he said, look, at everything we talked about hit off immediately. I knew I had the right guy. Now, they were good in their first year, uh, their first season. This is only their second season. They're in game seven against a team on paper that's way better than them. And, I mean, they're playing very, very well. They played well the whole year. Their big deal is they block shots like crazy. And yeah. I'm telling you, as I've said it before, it's all about analytics. They've used analytics, whether they admit it or not, and they knew that in the Western Conference, you're going to beat the McDavid's, if you're going to beat the Jack Eichels, if you're going to beat the L.A. Kings, all these teams with top six forwards that go, go, go. You got to be able to create this, this imaginary house. And the way Seattle does it, it, it's almost like a half circle and it is tough. It's like shooting into a pile of people every time you go to the point, which is the big way in the National Hockey League to distribute the puck is to come back to the point, crowd the front, front of the net and then try to get shots picked at targets that the netminder can't see. Right. Well, if the puck doesn't get to the netminder because yeah. the wall is blocking it in front, then you're doing something right. Yep. So he's done. Uh, he's done a great job. Now, does, but I mean, he it's has an amazing thing. Chris, he has familiarity, I guess, with Vegas for for maybe it's a couple of the players that are on the Golden Knights or something. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm I, I can't speak to that, but um, 
Uh, I don't. Was he an assistant in Vegas under Pete DeBurr there? Might have been. So I just was Maybe reading the article and I glossed I through it, and it said that yeah. the interesting matchup with the Kraken would be that it's yeah. almost like there's a, a a lot of familiarity. So because of that, that's an advantage to Seattle. I, I guess. think there was a, a, a crossover of coaches that were coaching in Vegas when Pete DeBoer was yeah. there, and then now are in uh, Seattle or that have been in Seattle. So uh, you know, look at. They talk about this, but let me tell you something. We all have digital technologies, and I was one of the leading guys in the league as far back as 99 to push everybody into um, different camera angles, uh, you know, digital video, um, scouting digital videos. And now the NHL is head over heels into it, including analytics. So, look, if you don't know who you're playing against and you come up with an excuse, well, you know, we haven't seen him but three times this year, and, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's the biggest sell-off ever. They yeah. know exactly what's going on. They watch it. You can trace it. Yeah, I mean, they should know, as a broadcaster or scout or GM, I can tell you right now, I can look at guys when I'm engaged one time, and I'll know who they are without looking at the number. It, it's just a gift you have. You know just by how they skate, how they plant their feet, um, by the way they drop their shoulders or tendencies that they have. And if well, you I've, don't know that, you're in the game. I've never yeah, been engaged to guys, but you know what? I, I'm going to just follow your lead on that. And... Now, <laughs> engage. Oh, engage with the guys. You're engaged. Oh. Like, you know, you engage the phone line. Don't you know the old Beatles song? I do yeah, know those. Her line was engaged. Yes, it was. I remember the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay. uh, there's no yeah. Canadians moving on in the playoffs. Is that a shock? Isn't that sad? That's a shame. Now, hang on. Uh, we Our next guest is Canadian. So, okay. Well, and he's in like the room right now. Canadians. So I got to be really careful. That's good. Well, I'm all about Canadians, eh? But, uh, uh, it's more or less, uh, the media likes to play that game and, and the fans in Canada get really upset. They forget the fact that 74% of the players are Canadian. So yeah. when the Canadian team's not in, they really are You're still in. getting They're Canadian in every team in yeah. the league. So yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, there's so much money in the game right now. It doesn't matter if you play in Edmonton or Las Vegas or you play in Dallas or you play in, you know, Florida. Yeah. Okay, Florida? Yeah. I mean, there are no, really not a lot of homegrown Florida players, Floridians, that are dominating in there, okay? They are Canadians or they're Northeastern Americans sure. or whatever. So uh, we tease on that. But, I mean, it, the playoffs have been phenomenal so See, far. They really have. And, and, you, and let me say this. That's why you can't make uh, – drastic decisions immediately after if your team doesn't win the salary cap is a big deal with this it's not like the old days where you could blow guys out bring in a new seven or eight guys nowadays it costs everything on the cap you want to get rid of a veteran you don't like oh well guess what careful you're going to eat it on the cap yeah maybe over a couple of years it prevents you from signing who you want so you have to be very very careful you have to take it to heart and you have to know how close the line is when you have a salary cap like you see in the nfl now and you see in the NBA, you see how fine line it is between maybe a team making it through one round, a team barely missing the playoffs, or a team going all the way. Injuries, depth, critical moment penalties, or what have you. So, uh, you know, these rush to judgment, uh, you can't play that game anymore in the National Hockey League. It's last, too dangerous. Last question, Chris, before we have to go. Uh, you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Who would you rather have, Dallas or Seattle? Well, Seattle is a team that's on a roll and nobody thought it. So they're, you know, they're the underdog. You don't ever really want to play underdogs. Okay. Unless you're drastically better than them. 
uh, when I was with the Sharks, you know, we went on a roll two years in a row. We get to the second round. Well, the second year we got Detroit, who we'd knocked out the year before and ruined their cup run. And uh, we knew we were, it was probably going to be ugly, and it was ugly. Yeah. Okay? Now, it's different. There's a salary cap in place. So uh, I think they're both equally going to be a challenge. Okay? In Dallas, they're big. They skate. And they like each other. It's a very, very comfortable team. Okay? The ex-coach of Vegas is there. Right? Uh, that's with Dallas. So Seattle, you know, I mean, the goalie's hot. Uh, we see, we'll see what happens here in the next 10 minutes, you know, 15 minutes, if they're going to go through or not. But uh, I think the challenge is going to be on Vegas executing to their style like they did against Winnipeg and Edmonton, which is brutalizing the opposing defense, fronting the netminder, fronting the defenders, backing up, using those bodies to create havoc, and more importantly, controlling puck possession deep in the opponent's end of the ice. They've got the forwards to do it. If they can do that, and then they can protect the netminder, if it's uh, Hill or even if uh, Quickie gets into the game, uh, then, you know, this is going to be very interesting. But my prediction always was I was one of few people to say, hey, Vegas is going to come out of the West. They're going to go to the Cup Finals. And I recorded it, so if you ever need proof, you just ask me, and for $23, I will sell it to you. You got it, brother. All right, we uh, we got to move on, and we'll see if your prediction comes true tonight. Will you come back again and let us know how things Absolutely. are going? All right, Chris. Always. Yeah. Love you, man. That is Mr. Hockey right there, Chris Collins, who knows the game. He's been on every side of the game, and that's what I love, man. He can give you that scout's perspective, the fans, all of that. He puts it all together, just like our next guests do, and we'll tell you all about them after we take a quick break and come back. This is the Wayne Coy Show. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to Dish and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206 800-586-4206 That's 800-586-4206 Paid for by NPS. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-431-9102. That's 800-431-9102.
Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield with Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Now back to the Wayne Coy Show. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, we have uh, we have guests in the studio, and so we want to make sure microphones are working this time because technically, the last time we talked to this one guest here, who you're going to see in just a minute, uh, look at him, that guy, uh, Ken Guzzo. Let's uh, let's check your microphone and make sure that it's working, Ken. I don't. I think you're. You're number one, I think. Five, four, yeah, three, you sound two, great. Don't you one. do it? No, Sleep. No, you're not hypnotizing me live on the air. Okay. All right. So we got you, Martin. Uh, Martin Castor. Castor. Yeah. Castor, like plaster Castor. Those girls from the '60s. Castor. Okay. Uh, you are on mic four, I think. So let's try you here. I think so. How All do right. you do, sir? Hey. Three. No, three. well, no, it's four. Okay. All right. <laughs> now it's now three in Japan. Oh, it's four here. It's not metric. Well, thanks again to uh, Chris Collins. I know you guys are hockey fans, so you probably enjoyed that. He's got that great perspective. Absolutely. He sure does. Woo, he if, uh, you know, if Gretzky wasn't injured, that last night's game would have been really different. Yeah. <laughs> Everything did change when the great one wasn't able to play. All right. So, uh, guys, welcome. The last time that we had Ken on the show, we were doing it kind of like what we were doing with Chris a moment ago. Mm. It was all live via technology. And we had some issues. Yes, Which we, we typically don't go back and talk about. It's done is done. We just move on. Well, we don't have to talk about it, but we are. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, because you kind of walked in the room going, are we going to talk about it? Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, so I guess we're going to talk about talking about it. Well, you know, I had a nice fire going in the back. It looked great. Yeah, you <laughs> did. Yeah. I don't know what happened, man. I mean, you know, I think you might have been the first one we did via the stream, too. So could have been. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, it's possible. It's yes, bad Wi-Fi. No, I think it was, it was probably, bad Wi-Fi. It was yeah. probably all my bad Wi-Fi. Okay. You I'll, live I'll in a very um, nice suburb of Sacramento. I do. I would think that uh, in Roseville, they would have good Wi-Fi. Well, I they had, can't afford it, though. Oh, <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, then let's make some money. Whatever we got to do to do that. Now, listen, you guys are in Vegas for something. What is it? It's like a hypnotist training? Yeah, we're teaching a class together. Um, and I love working with Martin. Martin fl- flew in from Denmark to be here. And boy, are his arms tired. Oh, a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Martin, you live here, don't you? No, I actually don't. But you live in Denmark. Yeah, I live in Denmark, but I got two businesses here, so I'm traveling back and forth all the time. Gotcha. Yeah. And I never missed out on an opportunity to spend time with Ken. Yeah. It's always fun. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, right? He's that guy, isn't He's he? He's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing with these people that you're seeing? Uh, it's called Circle of Leaders, and it's a mentoring program. It's a three-day class and then 90 days of ongoing 
mentoring and support with oh. some web calls. So we, we got together and we said, what's missing in our profession of, in hypnosis? And everyone's working in isolation and, and it's a growing field. And we both feel an, uh, a, a powerful push or pull to make, make sure that the industry stays on track with ethics, with, uh, with the good, I could see how that could go right off the rails. It, you know, as <laughs> yeah, things yeah. grow, it takes on a life of its own, and, yep. it can, and it can go in directions, and it can become very corporate, which is kind of sociopathic at times. You know, like, and it really doesn't seem to match to me. No. I've always felt like hypnotists are wild and woolly; they do what they want when they want. Right? You're yes. on your own schedule. Yes. Yeah. You guys don't answer to the man. No. Well, no. because you are the man. So maybe. <laughs> and if you're not, yeah, you, you'll turn the man into a chicken. Exactly. So that works out always. Yeah, that's a, that's a, within our ethics. Mm-hmm. Yes, chicken <laughs> right. chicken fluid. So these guys get with you and basically work on being leaders themselves. Is that it? Yeah. Just to, to st- you know, maybe they want to break into the speaker market, oh, yeah. or they 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 want to brand themselves, or maybe it's just wherever they are taking it to the next level. Like what's in the way? Martin did a couple of great one-on-one so we're, we're teaching them concepts they can use with other clients but we're also working with them individually to help them move forward in their own lives so it's that's it's, cool it's, it's multifaceted really in a yeah. way right because yeah. we give them a couple of insights and tools so they can develop right there on the, on the get-go but also something they can utilize within their own uh practice but it's multifaceted in a way of, of you know mentoring and leadership. Yeah, yeah. So we can push them in whatever direction. So it doesn't matter what level they're on, how prof- pro they are, how new they are. Everybody can be pushed into more success. In There's room to rise. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and nobody is better than others. So it's kind of like even the more pro ones will learn a lot of benefits from, from those who just started because yeah. they probably never had those ideas or thoughts for at least for a while. Yeah. And everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel, so to say, in the industry instead of actually getting good advice for people who actually already thrive. So that's how we want to make things different. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's a noble notion. Hey, yeah. how does a, a hypnotist decide at what age are, I mean, I know like an athlete, you know, you're eight years old, you're playing little league and you're like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. You love it so much. <laughs> when do, when do hypnotists typically get the bug? Um, age three to four. Yeah. And uh, they go into a rigorous program. They're actually taken away from their parents. Right. Are they sent to Russia? <laughs> yeah. Siberia that's for special, training? That's actually an island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, then they get an accent and then just... They, they, right. Right. I, I, I was there. Mar- yeah. Martin's from Chicago. I mean, that's <laughs> right. crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know how Born he does raised. That. Yeah. No, actually, in truth, most people that become hypnotists, it's a second or third career. Okay. Like I, when I started, you were a corporate guy. I was a corporate guy. I had a strong six-figure income in downtown San Francisco, and my wife was pregnant with our first child. And I took a course, mm-hmm. and I wasn't particularly interested in becoming a hypnotist. And I and it was on smoking cessation, so I wasn't right. interested in smokers because I didn't smoke. I didn't know anyone who smoked. But I love. How old are you at this point? I was forty. Forty years old, working in the corporate world with your degrees, wearing the suit. Yep. Doing the whole thing. Yep. And I had her first child at f- at age 40, uh, Sarah. And my wife was pregnant with her. And I said, you know what? I'm quitting my job. Yeah. And I'm going to become a hypnotist. And, and she went, back. what? She loved it. She she loved it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> love. But, but I wanted, for me, it was about freedom. Yeah. I wanted 
to um, not miss those magical moments when the baby's born and all these little things. I wanted to take three months off to help her transition into motherhood. Yeah. And then I opened the Bay Area Non-Smoking Center. And with how much experience at this point? With I took a <laughs> I took a five day course. Okay. Hypnosis is actually really easy to learn and it's really fun to learn. But th- this course was horrible. <laughs> it was it but was you one, didn't know that. It you was just, no, I didn't yeah. know. It was one day of hypnosis training and four days of marketing. Okay. The marketing was how to drop brochures off in tanning salons. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And the training was read this script. Really fast. Have they found that statistically people who attend uh, tanning salons want to be hypnotized? Is that the thing? It was like, how do we get these hypnotists all marketing without spending a ton yeah. of money on radio advertising? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Ken. <laughs> yeah. I went another way, as you yeah, know. Yeah, I watched you, uh, you You zigged while they zagged. Exactly. And the tanning salon business has not been the same, by the way, <laughs> since then. So you're going to your wife saying, I'm going to do something completely different with a five-day course underneath your belt. You have decided this is going to be my niche. I'm going to have people stop smoking. I'm going to open up an office, and we'll just see how it goes. Well, I I couldn't make it a hobby. I couldn't make it, let's see how it goes. I needed to hit the ground running. Now, I had been in business for myself before, so I had some confidence. That had I, acumen. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, to how to talk with people, how to how to get customers through the door. So I had some experience that I, that I was going to bore on. I'd never been a hypnotist before, but uh, I started off – Running at a, a bad uh, an ad in the back of the East Bay Express, it was the marijuana dispensaries, the hookers, and me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, well, you, or or is it? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> so so that but the phone rang, and so I, I so I started. What I, was in the ad? Do you remember? What was that? What was in the ad? Stop smoking in one session, lifetime guarantee, ninety five percent success rate. How do you know? You hadn't even done it yet. Well, the process that I learned that he said, oh, read the they script. Said they said they had a two-year Oxford okay. University research study okay. that supposedly backed this all up. Um, but people don't care so much about that. They want to see that the result happens. Sure. And, and what there was some genius in the script. But I, my MO was to come into a company, parachute into a disaster, and analyze it, move things around, and make it work, make people successful within the company, take the com- – Turnaround guy. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then my boss would figure out I'm after his job and try to paper trail me out, and I yeah. did that a couple of times in corporate. Yeah. And if uh, you'd like, you can look right into that camera and tell him what you think now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I were you, I would just say, "Look at the shirt." Um, thank you for helping to set me free into the life I was meant to be. See, and look at that shirt. That's what I would say. Yeah, you couldn't wear that shirt in your old corporate job. Oh no, no way. I was a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's what happened, and and so I started, and the phone rang, and then it stopped ringing, and I needed to make a decision whether to give up on this career or double down, and that's when I went into radio. Uh huh. And radio was really Hold successful. Hold on one second. Me. Brought to you by the Radio Advertising Bureau. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> radio advertising works. See, it well for you it did. It, for for sure. me it did. Yeah. And uh, so I wrote an ad, and I walked in to record it, and. I didn't realize until I saw you recording a radio radio spot yeah. how how it actually works, where you read it and then you reread it and you break it down, and then you edit it all together. Yeah, 
I just walked in and read the whole thing. In One take. 60, 60 second ad at 59.5 seconds and I walked out. That's pretty good. You should have dropped your headphones at that well, point. Well, I didn't know that that was a big deal at the time, but that, that, the people started coming to hear me do my radio spots because I, I was the one take wonder. <laughs> yeah, one take wonder. And I didn't know any better. Yeah. But, um, that, that's what happened. And, and, and my wife, I thought, I'm not going to tell her that I'm going into radio because it's, ex- you know, it can be expensive. Yeah. So I dropped six grand that first month and didn't know if that was going to work. Six thousand on radio. Yeah. Okay. In the Bay Area, though, that's not, I mean, Vegas, your money goes further. Yeah. But I would imagine six grand was still pretty big yeah. chunk for you. Yeah. Just starting. Yeah. So, but I, I needed to keep the thing running. And, and so I didn't tell my wife I was going to do it. And then I, my first radio spot was coming on and I, um, I pulled her into the living room and I had the radio on and she, she, I just started making small talk with her. Yeah. And then my voice comes on the radio. She goes, that's you. I said, yeah. And we listened to the spot. And she goes, you're advertising on radio? How much did that cost? Yeah. And then the phone rang. I said, sorry, honey, I got to take this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a bill collector. But anyway. That <laughs> and then the phone rang again and the phone rang again. Unbelievable. So yeah. she, she looked at me. She goes, I guess we're advertising on radio now. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And that's how One I One more you. time, if you don't mind, radio. Radio advertising works. See? Um, I want you to know the reason why we broke up the spots and did them in little pieces wasn't because we were trying to get that inflection just right. It was because I was such a heavy smoker, I couldn't get through the whole script without, <laughs> you know, sounding like uh, like like Homer Simpson's wife. <laughs> oh, oh, Ken, we're gonna quit smoking. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. Don't talk like that. It kind of makes me feel curious. I know, right? It's weird, right? It's like, who is this guy? Is he a wizard? So, um, all right. Well, I don't, I don't want to get to my story yet. Because I want to talk about what you were able to do with those first few phone calls. Were you scared that it wasn't going to work? No, I felt really confident. You that, were uber confident. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I was confident. Like, and, and I, and I wasn't committed to for life to something. You know, I, I was just going to, but I was going to make this work. And uh, so I came in with with confidence. And and hypnosis in general is a confidence game. Okay. So you. So I, I want to be. Really uh, unconditional loving. I put myself in a trance first before the client even walks through the door. You do. I go into trance first, and the client follows me there. So I'm not. I don't have this power dynamic over my clients. Yeah. So I'm meeting them from a place of unconditional love, and and but you need to have the ego space, ego strength to hold the space because people are going to try and top dog you. Like, yeah. Listen, kid, I'm I'm going to be a tough nut to crack. Yeah. You got a lot of work cut out for you to you get. You think me, you're going to hypnotize me? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and so sometimes they aren't they the easiest ones? They're 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 fun because they just need you to step. You don't need to get an ego and, and and battle with ego with them, but you just need to step up, give them a little flick, and let them know I got this. This is what you're paying for. Yeah. And I know what I'm doing. Right. And you know. You know, like you don't you don't know if you if you want to be free, right? Like, well, you, then why are you here? Yeah, yeah. it's like I'm going to be a tough nut. I don't crack nuts. I said if you don't already know you want to be here and you're ready to be free, yeah. then I can issue your money back. And they go, oh, that, 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 that. Mm-hmm. right? And that's all I need to do. I love that. And, and 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 then I can drop back into you know into. See, the, I never pushed you back. Oh no, no, I was very. In fact, right now, Martin, just so you know, it's a little weird, and I've told Ken this before, <laughs> but when we talk, yeah, his eyes, you know, he'll look at me 
and I have flashbacks from that initial connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh God, it makes sense. A, it makes sense. I don't have any other habits though, so <laughs> maybe I do. I don't know. But okay, so starting to get good to you. How many clients do you have after the first year? Uh, I the first. Th- it started off right away, full full schedule. Yeah, I, I had clients forty hours a week, every every uh, every week. Right, and so it was full. But you know what? We didn't have PayPal back then, and merchant accounts weren't accepting hypnotists because hypnosis doesn't work. Couldn't possibly work. We're gonna get so they were worried about refunds, charge, and refunds, chargebacks. chargebacks. Yeah. So so I couldn't take deposits, and a third of my clients no showed. Mm. That's not good. Don't so, blame that on radio. No, no, that was before the radio. Oh, okay. By the time I got on radio, I had I was able to take at least a deposit. Mm-hmm. But most of my clients pay online. I give them a fifty dollars discount if they pay online, and in full or at least a deposit. And you know what? It's the most. Um, it's called skin in the game. Yeah, right? it's the most beautiful thing because they actually show up and get the result that they were hoping for, and everybody wins. Yeah, and there's uh, some accountability if you put the money on the table. Yeah, right. yeah. But but when I when I went to radio, I started sh- shifting my. Uh, eventually, I raised my prices, and started seeing clients only two days a week. Wow! But I was making more in two days than I was making in the corporate or in hypnosis in five days. You were figuring it out. So and that made me fresh for every client. I was excited. I, I just I, I just I just oh your enthusiasm those. is bar none. I mean, you really do enjoy what you do. Thank you. I have never once, again, I saw you for other stuff after the smoking thing, but I never once went in there and felt like you were phoning it in. You always seemed in that moment, you know, no matter what else was going on outside. That's, that's to me, that's key. That's why you're so good. Thank you. That's yeah. what, that's one thing I really appreciate about you too. Like, I, like hearing you on the radio doing the morning show. Yeah. Back in the Bay Area, like you are so, you're so present with your clients. You're like your 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 emotions are present. You're real, mm-hmm. uh, and and you're fun. And I think that's why we probably we get we get along so well. Yeah, probably make <laughs> each other laugh. That's a good thing. Yeah. So okay, so then um, you told me at one point though you didn't even need to advertise because no, I, they were all referrals. Well, what happened was during during the housing crash, you know, every everything was dead. And then around 2012, the market started moving back up again. Yeah. And we're like, Sarah's about to go into kindergarten. Do we want her going through a metal detector in Oakland? Right. Right. And it's like someone. We're trying to keep a baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Good luck. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, But we went to a birthday party. And someone at the birthday party for my five-year-old daughter's friend talking about how they bought a house in this place called Roseville for, you know, five bedrooms, five baths, a tennis court and a pool and for 300,000. I was like, what? I punched the guy. Yeah. So that's for being outrageous. (laughs) I said, well, let's go check it out. Let's see what 116 degrees feels like in Roseville. Yeah. So we went there and we fell in love with the place. We found a, like we weren't really looking, but we saw a house that we liked. On the Saturday, we put an offer on on Monday. It was ours on the Tuesday. Whoa! And and then we we had a two week close. So and I was going to Canada for for a ten day visit to see my family, and we came back and told everyone we just moved. <laughs> so I mean, it just it was meant to be. It just yeah. like fell yeah. into place. And you're like, bye, honey. Got to go. I know you got boxes, but Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, all of us went. The whole family went. Oh, you all went to Canada. Yeah, to to ah, visit family. Okay. 
and then we got our daughter in the kindergarten on her, on her first day. Very good. And we thought, okay, I'll just stop advertising in the Bay Area. I'll focus on Sacramento and I'll rebuild there. Yeah. That was the plan. But you didn't need to do well, that. Well, Bay Area never dip, never dwindled. It yeah. just kept going and going and going. It's been 12 years now. I've been yeah. 100% referral 12 years. Yeah. And it's based on what happens in the room. Hypnosis works. And I, you know, having a, if you have a 50 to 70% success rate, you can't be 100% referral because you get one referral, maybe two, and then that line will end. Sure. But at 95% success rate, you believe that keeps, keeps going and going. Well, and you have that guarantee too. The lifetime guarantee. So yeah. they can come back if they need help. And Even I, if they don't, I mean, it's nice to know it's there. Right. Yeah. And if they don't, they probably didn't, didn't want to stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We went through that with one of our, with one of my referrals to you. Where I asked him, I go, what, what? When I heard he was smoking again. And I said, why? And he goes, I don't know. Just a lot of stress. And I go, you didn't really want to do it in the first place. Because I kind of like smoking. Mm. Right. So at that point, you know, you're fighting a losing battle. If they don't want it. Well, it's not a losing battle. He won. He got what he wanted. No, I mean for you. (laughs) For me, I'm not an advocate. I don't care if people smoke. Yeah. Right? Like, I really don't. Like, I'm not, oh, look at that person. He's smoking. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's just if people want help, I'm there to help them get what they want. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not an advocate. And and right. You know. By now, after being 100% referral for 12 years, smoking's only 25% of what I do. That's crazy. And I help. What's the go- rest? Talk, talk about the rest. Well, I started doing weight loss. So that's a uh, multi multiple sessions over a f- four month period. Um, because I want to be with people while they're trans transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um, the most, the biggest part of my practice now is, uh, what I call evolution intervention. Okay. That's a, um, four session process over a three month period. And it's great for people with serious addictions, uh, chronic anxiety, uh, trauma. It's ironically, it's the same process I use for a professional athlete or a C-level executive that wants to knock the cover off their performance. Yeah. Because we're eliminating drag from the system where they can't find any way to move forward because they can't, they don't have any more hours in a day. They can't work any harder. They're working as smart as they can. I need to impro- improve productivity. But they're, they're just kind of doing this, right? right? I need to improve productivity by 20%. What do you got? I said, yeah. I got your back. And we eliminate the drag from the nervous system. So they are in the zone having their best day, not just some days, but Every on day. most days. Yeah. Yeah. And then the new uh, level of achievement is beyond that. That's That's got to be rewarding. It really is. Are you an advocate for that? Yes, you are. For living for, your best life, being having every day be great. Yeah. Yeah. So at, where you said with smoking, I don't care. Go ahead and smoke or whatever. I think you seriously want everybody... To have a great day. Right. You and, know? and including the smokers, because when they quit smoking, guess what? They're, they have a great day. They have a great day. They feel better. Better day, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Right? So and and it's pretty pretty well out there what you were able to do for me. It was uh December seventh, two thousand nine. I made the trek to Oakland. The date. Oh yeah, I do remember the date. I, I went to Oakland and I'd had enough. I'd tried everything. Everything. If there was a product on the market that was advertised that it could help you quit smoking. I tried it. You've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The patch, the gum, the lozenge, Wellbutrin, you name it, man. We did it all. And then this guy, one day, in a couple of hours, you know? Well, because the substitute this time was actually living a happy life. And on those other occasions, you just had another product, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. life I is guess, better. 
Yeah. Now I'm curious about the weight loss thing though. And, and my theory on why that maybe wouldn't be, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing you don't have a 95% success rate with weight loss. Well, it depends how you measure it. I have a 100% success rate with weight loss because everybody loses weight. Okay. Now, I don't put people on a strict program. I don't say, you need to do this and this. You need to cut out all sugar and all flour, and you need to stop drinking, and you need to go to the gym for three hours every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not a regimented um, routine, you know, and that's what they're used to. Like, yeah. I'm going on a weight loss program. I'm going to eat frozen dinners for a year. I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat green grapes and cayenne pepper or tea. Don't knock that till you've tried it, by the way. Oh, I yeah. hear it. I hear it's hot. In it many, is. In many it's ways. very hot. <laughs> but um, that's what they're used to doing, doing this artificial program to try to change their body. Yeah. And then they give up because it's so frustrating. Or they actually achieve their goal. Mm-hmm. And they lose all the weight and they hit their goal. Fantastic. Okay, let's celebrate. Let's order a pizza. I don't have to eat any more frozen dinners. Sure. I hit my goal. Go back to the habits. And the weight yeah. comes right back So on. there's the difference. That's what I'm talking about. With the smoking thing, I think there's a disconnect because you don't have to smoke to live. Correct. You do have to eat. Correct. Okay? So, that, so you're still going to sit down and put things in your mouth. Right. Right? So that's why it needs to be, instead of instead of just going to a, a some sort of bizarre program that's going to force the weight loss... It's it's about eating and exercising and living as though you're already at your goal weight. Oh, okay. And your body just follows you there. And I, I people know what they need to do to lose weight. Everybody knows. You move your body more and you put less in your body. Yeah. Right? Everyone knows. The secret's I, on the fork. That's what the doctor told me. Right. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy because we have cravings and we have emotions. And, and frozen when yogurt. I'm, when I'm working with clients, it's rarely about the food. Really? It's it's ultimately it's about emotional family patterns, sometimes sexual abuse, yeah. sometimes body body. So they're issues. medicating with food. Sometimes they sometimes they need to indulge, sometimes they want to hide themselves. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's always different. And so I hold that everyone is the expert on themselves. Yeah. And instead of me pushing them into a program, I honor who they are and I say you're the expert on you what what do you think is the next step to accelerate your journey to your perfect size and shape I'm like a trip to Casper's hot dogs <laughs> well what whatever they say that's usually right and I include that yeah but I the um, how I imagine it with them as they say imagine you had a twin sister or twin brother okay and you just followed them around all day and ate what they ate and did what they moved with the way they moved and if that twin sister or twin brother was already at their perfect size and shape and you're following them around doing what they're doing, there's nothing else that can happen except for you to become the same look as them. Yes. Same size, same sure. shape as them. So we're going to just program you to be doing does, – does, now, does she or he have dessert? Sometimes. Does he? Well, if normal weight, normal weight people have dessert sometimes. I've never been a normal weight person. <laughs> I've always carried them around a little extra. So because of that, I've always felt like I wouldn't be able to eat dessert. You know, if I was going to lose a lot of weight, I'd have to take all those things I like. And I like food. I right. do. Well, yeah. It tastes good. It does. Yeah. And unfortunately, the stuff that tastes really good is really bad for you. Right? Right. Always. Martin, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, exactly. Yeah. This guy transformed his body like crazy. I know. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, and was it was on the fork, right? Well, yeah. I, I went from 275 down to 158. That's a big change. In, in six months. Yeah. 
So, and that was just changing the habits, basically. You know, calorie deficit. Uh, I, I believe that the food was all about the taste. Mm-hmm. But when I really thought about it, I didn't spend time tasting it. I just stuffed my face with it. You did? Yeah. So, it was definitely emotional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, exercise is not for everyone. But, you know, exercise may not just be going to the gym. It could just be, you know, get your butt off the couch and do something just a little bit. Walk, Walk around the house a little bit. That That's it, right? Yeah. So I just created this regime, so to say, and uh, tell them about Dubai. Yeah, well, yeah, and my my goal was first, like before I I got to a certain age within those six months, uh, let's do a Spartan race because my doctor told me a Spartan race. Yeah, one wow. of those obstacle course racing, right? And he said, "Well, you have to change your life right now, otherwise things will go bad." Because bad back, I got heart issues, I got two surgeries, and. Nothing was good. And I was mm-hmm. like uh, in the early 40s, right? Oof. So your body was telling you, hey, you need was, to make a change. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like, well, you got a couple of years to live. That was basically the message. So mm. I knew I had to change. I'm like, let's do a Spartan race. That one went fine. I'm like, it's just the one. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. Ah, so then so you uh, got hooked on within that. a couple of years, I, I signed up for the world championships in uh, Abu Dhabi in the desert. Wow. For like half a marathon, which, which may not be a whole lot, but that is through sand in the desert. Right. With, with no aids, no nothing. And you have 60 obstacles you have to pass and you can't fail them. Otherwise, it's start back over. Mm-hmm. And that was like, if I can do this with focus, that's a reward. Right. That goes way beyond any food and anything like that. It was a battle against myself. And I know, hey, I can win if I want to. And even crossing the finish line with no skin left on my feet, I'm like, I can do this again. Oof. So now I'm aiming for a 24-hour race uh, next year. Now, 24-hour race, what does that mean? That means it's a… Uh, I mean, you're not running for 24 oh, hours. Oh, yeah. Five-mile uh, ops- well, well, route. Okay. And you just do that as many times as you can in 24 hours. And you should probably reach 70 miles. So you can never just like pull up to the bumper, turn on TV, well, and well, get if, back to it. If you kind of wanna, you can go to your tent and sleep for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's what was. But wondering. no, it's it's it, everybody. Everybody's designed to be able to you know uh, keep going for at least twenty four hours. So mm. uh, it, it becomes what you make it to be. You know, you just reminded me of something. Did you know this is a little known fact? Way off topic. So give me you know give me the credit for <laughs> I will get us back. Okay, All right. people in Dubai just found this out. Don't like the Flintstones. They're like abhorrently against the Flintstones. Yes, I heard that too. Yes, but people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I like that topic. I think we should stick on the I'll new topic. I'll be here all week. So Fred and Wilma. <laughs> okay. So you're running, losing weight. And um, are you already a hypnotist at this point? Oh, yeah, yeah. That goes way back. Okay. Way before this. Gotcha. And that was kind of like the message, wasn't it? Like, who am I to, you know, see clients and tell them how to change their lives if I looked like that? Yeah. So that was, that but was we're a- used to that. Like, you go to the doctor and he tells you all this healthy yeah. stuff you're supposed to do and you're like, look. But in this case, I didn't believe Fatty, myself. what are you yeah. talking about? I know. But, yeah. you know, but that's a doctor. That's a different uh, authority, I guess. But he's a doctor. True. Or she is. Yeah, well. Yeah. But I, I just felt like I can't be doing this if I look like this. Because if a client turned to me, go like, so why do you look like that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, that was kind of like, if I can do this, I can do freaking anything. I thought I basically. thought you would go, whatever do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? Just close your eyes and we'll be done. Right. I have right. a picture of the both of us around that time, like 2000. I was a big dude. Yeah. We were both heavy. Yeah. 
I was be and and I thought I said I, so I developed this weight release program. I thought, okay, now I need to lose the weight, and then I can start helping people lose weight. Yeah. And my clients said, we don't want to wait for you to do it. We want to do it with you. And that was a huge oh, reframe yeah. for me. I thought I had to be thin. Like, who wants to l- lose weight from a guy who's 200? I was 280 pounds at the time. Yeah. Well, you're making Martin's point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they said, we want to do it. Martin's as point. long as you're in integrity and you're heading in the right direction, yeah. people will give you a lot of latitude. Oh, yeah. And in fact, they, they, they were enrolled in doing it with me. So I got a lot of clients that first year and we all did it together. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Then did you take like a team picture at the end? And No, no, I, I, that would have been a cool idea. I wish you had suggested that. Well, you didn't have me around, Kim. So <laughs> would, would there have been, though, maybe because of the accountability, like an extra oomph to get it done? Well, they knew that I was doing it with them. So that, and right. So, and, but you're all watching each other. Well, it, it wasn't a group dynamic. It was individual clients in, oh, in relationship with me. Got you. I didn't like call all my. I thought smoker. you had like a team meeting, and you brought everybody in. There hey, everyone who has ever quit smoking with me, come on down to the office. Yeah. We'll, well, know. the only the ones who want to lose weight. You know, I didn't know. I wasn't yeah, sure not, how to do that. Yeah, but that would have been a great idea too. Like, why didn't you suggest it back then? That would have been awesome. Again, wasn't I could have told you the story <coughs> on on the radio. Yeah, that would have been really. He cool. made me leave the state. Okay, so that's what happened. <laughs> I had to go to Las Vegas. I was exiled. Um, Martin Castor, Ken Guzzo are our guests. We got a lot more to talk about because you guys are both hypnotists, but you do kind of two different things, right? Oh yeah. So. You have your expertise, which we've been talking about. But you're doing a whole other brand of hypnosis. I'm doing everything hypnosis. Yeah, everything. <laughs> everything hypnosis. He's like an everything bagel, but it's hypnosis. <laughs> True. Okay. So we take a break. We'll get uh, we'll get caught up on the news, and then when we come back together, uh, I'd like to talk about uh, you know kind of what what you're doing, Martin. And, yeah. You know, Ken, we'll we'll work you into the conversation too. Thanks. I'm I'm already feeling lonely. Uh, no, don't do that. Look at your boss one oh. more time. Yeah, that guy. Do you think they're jealous? I, I think they are. I think all those corporate weasels, they're they're looking at you now going, son of a bitch. You know, that Ken, he always he always was a bit of a rebel, and he went out and did it on his own. You should be proud of that. You know, I think anybody that can, I mean, I'm doing it right now. I don't think I'll ever retire. I love right. what I do. But you're doing what you love. I'm, I'm doing what I love right now, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it for the man. It's not work then. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And you're not wearing a suit either. Yeah, like I ever did. I'm in radio. (laughs) Okay, uh, quick pause, and we will be back. This is The Wayne Coy Show. Thank you so much for listening. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702 766 
888-985-9538. Live from Las Vegas, this is The Wayne Coy Show. I'm being sneaky right now and you don't even know it. This is how subtle... And, and don't try this at home, by the way, kids. I'm a, I'm a professional. I've been doing this for, for a long damn time, okay? This song that I'm playing right now is the perfect song to uh, play as we go back to our guest, Martin Castor. And the reason why is because it's called the Copenhagen Boogie. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, very special. We chose it just for you. Oh, thank you. And now this is where you tell me, well, it's great, but Copenhagen's not in Denmark. But it is, right? It is. Yeah, so it is. Okay. You never heard this, though? No. Okay. Well, very cool. First time for everything. All right. Let's make sure I got mics. You want to speak there? Why does this microphone taste like beer? I, see, I'm not hearing you for some reason. You already broke it. Did you break it again, yeah, Ken? I, no way. You're serious? No. It's this Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, try it again. Test, test. One, oh, two, there three. you are. Okay. okay. Why does this microphone taste like beer? Well, because the guy that uses it all day long... Anyway, he might need your help later. Okay. <laughs> and Martin, you're good? Let me hear you. I'm fine. Yes. No, I don't I'm know if right you're fine. Here. Keep talking. I'm good. So uh, Yeah, that's better. Okay. Back in the studio. You guys, I got to I got to pump you both way up, which is weird. I have really? to pump you, you up. up. Yes. Okay, that's enough of the Copenhagen boogie. I did choose that though specifically for you. Martin, uh when did you first come to the United States of America? Oh. That's a good Well, when I was in 8th grade. On vacation, Florida, Miami, that was it. Okay. Yeah. And you said, I got to go back there. I, I kind of just felt the vibe. You know, I'm not, I'm not really, like, really fond of Florida. It's, yeah. it's too humid <laughs> in a way. Oh. But it's kind of like, yeah, well, everything is so big over here. And, uh, you know, I just know it's the land of opportunities, as people say. That was not really what got me here, though. Um, but it was more like I started to grow a crowd. And people were like, could you come over? Like, come show us something? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So actually, initially, when I ended back over here was, uh, first of all, because I went to study with someone who's one of my mentors. And also because I already had some kind of, of a following oh, yeah. that just wanted to hang out or just say hi, right? And I never believed that the world was any bigger than we can travel and still have fun every single day. So, uh, how old were you then? Ah, I was nine, late, late teens, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were already doing your thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Now you're different from Ken, even though you're both hypnotists. You kind of do a different deal. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I do a lot in the entertainment industry, kind of. Yeah. Um, where I blend, well, I do everything hypnosis, as we joked about previously. But yeah. uh, I don't think there's any difference. It's just a different crowd, and it's a different purpose. Language-wise, it's the same. So I'm really, like, I love nerding around with with you know, figuring out new ways of communicating and doing therapy and, uh, you know, d- deep dives into the science and everything that's brand new. Yeah. I love to do that. And that's kind of like my reputation in, in, in the therapy field. Uh, but I love entertainment because not just for the entertainment, but it's educating an audience yeah. into trying to figure out what this is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a different audience. It's not just for the fun and laughs. I'm like, this is like potential clients. This is potential. Nothing wrong with the fun and laughs. No, I love it. Right. And even when I'm dead serious doing therapy, 
it's always with a smile, right? Okay. Yeah. And I, I can be on stage and performing something and there's still parts of therapy in it as well. So I mix it all up because it's beneficial in so multiple in, in ways. So in the middle of a performance? Well, yeah, let's put it like this. So it's, it's more like changing mindsets. Okay. Yeah. So I love doing like high schools and proms and stuff like that because it's young people. Uh, they might have a limited mindset and, uh, I just want to implement some ideas mm -hmm. so they know that they can actually rock the entire way through life. That's cool. Instead of believing what everybody else think they are. Right. We get programmed. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, you know, deprogram them and reprogram them, so mm -hmm. to say, so they start believing more in themselves and especially pre COVID or post COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, young people, they need a kick in the butt. Sure. And they need some confidence. So do old people. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it, it goes all the way around. And I, you know, I think it's very important, especially if we've got the gift of doing what we do mm -hmm. and we have an audience, you know, share your knowledge. Right. And, and well, in that people. sense, you are kind of alike, the two, what you're both doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, yeah. he's therapeutic, you're therapeutic. Yeah. It's just different style. That's a all. different style. Yeah. We, we usually go like we share the same ethics. And we respect each other's views. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the end, we end up actually wanting the same thing. And so, and, and, and I, I don't believe that you can become a master unless you see mastery in other people. So I love spending time just leaning back. Say like, that I, again. You don't <laughs> believe what now? You don't? I don't believe you can be a master without seeing the master in other people. I love that. So when I can lean back and be inspired and impressed and stunned by, by Ken, thinking that I'm, I, I should know everything, but I don't. I know I don't. Yeah. Uh, that is kind of like that is evolving me on the spot while teaching. Yeah. By listening to my good friend speaking with something I, we never talked about. We're like, that is brilliant. So that I, I think we have a good tendency of, of lighting up the fire in each of us. How did the two of you meet? Oh, how did we meet again? <laughs> <laughs> we met at a hypnosis conference in Southern California. Yeah. And he was a guest speaker. He was a guest speaker, a keynote speaker. Keynote, yeah. And he they flew he, he flew in from Denmark to come to this conference. Well, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> we were all getting an award for the, I, the International Hypnosis Federation, the IHF Award, award of Excellence. Oh, wow. It was myself, Martin. And Scott Sandlin, who organizes the world's largest hypnosis conference. Okay. Great guy. Great guy. So meanwhile, Shelly, who's the president, asked me if I would uh, – they had a circus theme for the banquet. It, 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 you know, would you make some balloon animals? So I got all dressed up in a clown suit. I got a big clown hat on. And I make them balloon animals. <laughs> Well, people are trying to listen to a keynote. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, who's this clown? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So then <laughs> then they call us up for the award of excellence. They call my name. And you didn't know it was coming. I didn't no. did had no idea it was coming. Yeah. And so I I'm there's <laughs> she knew, up there you didn't. on the stage <laughs> with <laughs> they, had, they had to share a stage with this clown. Yeah. And they snapped the photo uh, getting our award. And that, that's that's how we met. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and we actually kicked it off quite well, and we figured out we shared the same humor. And shortly after, he was actually a student of mine. But it was beyond just that. So we created this friendship, and another friend of ours was also a student in the same class. Okay. And we kind of, like, been hanging out ever since. Yeah. So Student how? What were you... What were you teaching I was that Ken was stage hypnosis actually? Okay, yeah, and he, he did a combo course and three days of stage hypnosis and three days of like uh, kind of past life regression 
type work. Okay. And I wasn't at all interested in that. Like I had preconceived notions about that. I said, I'm not, oh, but I'll come take your class. I'd love to hang out with you and I'd love to do the stage hypnosis side. But he really impressed me. I had a really powerful experience on the other side. (laughs) So you weren't doing any of that stage stuff. That was, I did a street hypnosis. Different. Different. Yeah. For for fun. Mm -hmm. But my wife told me she'd divorce me if I went into (laughs) stage hypnosis. Because you got to be gone evenings and weekends and prom season, you disappear completely. So it's a hard life. Okay, now this is the second time you've, you mentioned proms. I, I guess I'm not getting it. Well, that's a tradition. That That is something you do. It's a big industry, basically. To the have kid, a hypnotist at your oh, prom? Oh, yeah. The kids, they, yeah. they lock down the, the, the school. They have like an all-night event. Okay. And they're trying to keep the kids out, from getting drunk and getting into trouble on prom yeah. night like we did when it was our generation. Yeah. We didn't need hypnotism. <laughs> we had Mad no. Dog 2020. Yeah, people getting pregnant and all sorts yeah, of horrible Boone's things. Farm strawberry. So they, they lock they lock them in a gym. Yeah, and they have a dance, and they'll have something, and they'll have something. Oh. And two in the morning. Yep, that's oh. that's us. Stage hypnotist. See, I knew about program. the spend the night thing. I knew I didn't know that. Yeah, you'll had- be doing like one a.m. two a.m. shows for one hour, and they're already tired. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it's easy. Yeah, well, yes and no. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, so so you're teaching that. I'm teaching that. Ken is is there. Susan says no. Oh, to me doing it as a profession. Right. But I, I do the odd show, and I did a show for a benefit for uh, for, for one of her causes, mm-hmm. and it was really fun. But uh, She but does I, not want you to make that your full-time endeavor. Oh, no. She yeah. wants me home at night. Well, yeah, and the kids do, too. Oh, yeah. I yeah. got young kids, so I, like, yeah. I don't do a lot of the conferences either for that right. reason. Sure. You leave that to the young guy over here. <laughs> well, I got kids as well. Yeah? I'm not that young. I just look young. Yeah, you do look young. I'm close to 50. No, you're not. Uh, yes, I am. Are you really? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Doesn't he look a lot younger? I mean, he, he does. I'm 75. <laughs> well, that, actually, you pulled that off pretty well then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, though, when I was 275, I looked like 10 years older than I am right now. Yeah, the weight so, will do yeah, that to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I did today? I almost went there, Ken, the, uh, the bald head. I almost shaved it all the way off. Oh, you did it. Yeah, oh, but I got to doing a guzzo. Yeah, a guzzo. That's what I was going to. I even said, yeah, just give me a guzzo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I think my mother left me on my back so much as a baby that I you could eat off the back of my head. It's like a picnic table. Oh, it's flat. Yeah. So, Covered in ants. Yeah. Well, no, there's no ants. <laughs> but, but the idea of the bald noggin when you got the funny shaped head. Yes. You know, and then you look like a skinhead. I'm sorry, but I the white you. dudes, yep. you know, can you pull it off, but you're kind of tan, right? I'm, the brothers, they got the bald head thing True. down. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. I I can't quite go there. No. So I'm, I'm at a half, and a, a half and a one. No, a half and a zero. Blended. You want to see real quick? Yeah. All right, hang on. Squealing headphones, but... Oh, yeah. Still something. But see, like, I'm looking at the camera... It's glowing. It looks like an orb. <laughs> it's a planet. It's not a planet. You just need to sh- shave it off completely and grow out your goatee. Then you could be a badass. Yeah, you got to grow it out. Yeah, you, yeah. In order to be a badass. Mm. I didn't know I wanted to be a badass. Because I'm a Raider fan, you just assume that I'm soft and sensitive. Ken Guzzo. <laughs> well, define a badass. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? That's a whole nother show. <laughs> so let's talk about stage hypnosis. That's yeah. the thing I think when you say hypnosis, people immediately think of a bunch of people sitting in chairs and the guys going up and down the line. All the misconceptions checking right them there. out to see if they can do it or not. And yes. Some people have to leave because they're not they're not good candidates. Yeah. All of that. Well, this and and you're absolutely spot on. But the, you know, there's a big difference. I do shows all over Europe. I do shows in the U.S. Big difference. Really? Yeah, because. I think there's a bigger tradition in the U.S. for doing it. So we can do 50-minute shows, one-hour shows, 115, and you get a great response from that because, well, especially in Vegas because people think, oh, that's part of it. Let's do a hypnosis show yeah, right now. Sure. And you get the proms, you get that. So it's a different culture and tradition when it comes to stage hypnosis. When you look at Europe, it's it's quite different. People are way more you know, lean back and reserved, mm -hmm. and they would rather laugh off of people like on stage instead of being those on stage right so there's a completely different con you know, convention or what do you say like um game of trying to get them onto the stage so i would it's say harder in europe uh it, it's it's well when we get to the actual point of making it happen it's not harder but it it the introduction is different. I see. So it, it turns into maybe a 30 minute like lecture slash introduction slash let's give everybody some, some experiences, right? Mm -hmm. If you do a show in the US, you go, how many people want to be on stage? And people run to the stage. If you did that in Europe, people just look at, look at you like you're stupid. Yeah. And go, nah, not today. So I'm taking the entire audience through a couple of exercises that they feel, oh, this is kind of fun. We can all do it. And then I reveal. Toe in the water. That's hypnosis. Yeah. And then from interacting in those uh, exercises, I get people to stand up. If you felt this and that, get them to stand up and go. So go in front of the stage. So I kind of like get the grasp of how many you are. Yeah. And then I do a switch where I go down to the floor. They go on stage and I go. Now, since you're on stage, you can sit down in the chair. You go, oh shit, we're on stage, right? So it's and that become that become like has become part of how I do things, yeah, and why people are really attracted to get to my courses teaching that because that's that's a show within the show. It is. It's not just a testing my audience. It's it's actually an experience, right? So I kind of love that. So I love doing European shows, even though it's like two hour marathon, yeah. Uh, but I love it because the feedback is amazing. And then when you finally get there. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a full-on show, just yeah. like you know, doing a show in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Where sometimes in the U.S., like I kind of like miss sometimes that the thing I get to do in Europe in the beginning, it's right. kind of like missing in my U.S. show. So I have sure. to do that way shorter, maybe a three-minute introduction. Or this is what we can do off of stage, yeah. right? Uh, because I hate to use the analogy, but it's kind of like there's no foreplay. Yeah, kind of. Right. Yeah, you know, there's the. Uh, I want to educate. Mm -hmm. I don't just want to entertain. Right. I want to educate. Sure. So, so that that means a big deal to me. Is that warring within you? Do you have like education <laughs> on one shoulder, entertain on the yeah, other? I, I think there's uh, educate yeah, them. No, it, make them laugh. Well, it goes hand in hand, doesn't okay. it? Yeah. If people get sounds a, like it does. Yeah. If they get a great experience and they know, oh, he could actually make us do this. Yeah. What if I just build a bridge very short? Like, so if you know you can do this now, imagine mm -hmm. how much greater your life can be if you change your mindset around that. Dig it. Yeah. And they go, shit, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Cursed on radio. It's radio. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? all right. yeah. Good thing you didn't say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those words, right? The list. Yeah. Remember that part about we don't go back? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we just move forward. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Martin, so you, guy, get, you get a pass because you're from another country. Thank you. Yeah. This guy was on 
Denmark has talent. Denmark's got talent. Got the golden buzzer. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. I mean, that's as that's as big as it gets when you get the golden. Buzzer. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. And is it, Simon on that show too? Uh, he's not on that show, but we got similar people because they cast the similar people. It, it's within the franchise, so it's basically a copy, sure. right? But it's the same thing. Yeah. And um, so they got a guy that's like him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Definitely. He makes the show. He really does. Yeah. He he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He does make the show because you know, and he's. I think he's honest, right? And he's he just. I think he's autistic. He's, That's call, just he's, me. he's calling the BS once in a while. Yeah, I kind of like. I think that. he has no filter. It's, you know? it's, and that's part of the program. Kind of like it? Danish hypnotists. They just come on the radio and, <laughs> yeah, say and whatever. just swear. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. All right. So you won that. That that's got to be opening a bunch of doors for you. Uh, actually, no, no, no. But you know, because yeah, I think there's a big gap in Europe. Like if you if you make it well on television. Mm-hmm doesn't necessarily get your spot on on a stage somewhere no unless you're really thriving within it and you keep being back on television again and again and again yeah and there's well, we've this, got shows here in town though martin oh, that uh piff the magic dragon yeah right? yeah he, he came straight off of uh, america's got talent yeah and then there's uh um illuminate yeah also off of one of those yes. shows. I'm not sure which one, but yeah. But you know, there's the you know there's a big difference between uh, Denmark's Got Talent and then maybe the UK version, and then especially the US version. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, television television is all made up anyway. Mm-hmm. We all know this, right? Yeah. So they kind of like kept bugging me for five years. Could you go on the show? We really want you, and we need a hypnotist to show stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it really doesn't work like that. I can't just pick random people and do a skit in three minutes. It yeah. takes some prep time. Yeah. And they're like, well, whatever you need. I'm like, hey, let's throw in some mentalism. And they went, that's interesting. Is yeah. it still hypnosis? I'm like, yeah. So I did this thing where I, I picked two judges and I, I did some fun stuff, one of them on stage and then one who wasn't on stage, he felt it happening like 20 feet apart. Oh, wow. And I got the entire audience witnessing in that and I got the judges to start arguing in between like he did something, but he... And everybody was like, no, he was over there. He's like, I fell in on my nose. And ah. I got them to argue. And yeah. within an argument, actually, two of them wanted to hit the golden busser. Um, and one of them did, of course. But yeah. they kept bugging me. And they said, well, we want this. And actually, from the very get-go, I was asked, what do you want to do in the finale? I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I thought there was, like, votes. Yeah. Uh, depending on that. Yeah, They're yeah. like, yeah, well, it's not really. But it is. But it really isn't. Mm. And then I come like so it's already predetermined. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. it's you know because who's the darling, who's not, right? Yeah. right. Uh, well, and, Ken is the darling. Uh, yeah, always, yes. always. And you know, so but did I want to give up twelve months of my life having them to be in control of everything no. I did and no. cancel all I did for twelve right. months? Right. So that was kind of like the reality that hits me. I'm like, you know. I've done what everybody wanted me to do. I got the experience, but uh, nah, not doing that. Anymore. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so because I've heard that a lot with like uh, uh, the Voice and American Idol. Yeah. That, that oftentimes they don't have any control whatsoever. Exactly, and then they almost regret that they were even on the yes. show and that they won. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, you don't want to win that show, right? 
right? You want to be uh, maybe well, you want to be the one of the first ones being kicked off because they have a career. Or like you, you got the golden buzzer, yeah, but you're not like the grand champion. Yeah, so I can use that on my resume now, right? right? But but you're not like uh, you know working for Simon for the rest of your life, exactly. Yeah. So when you do your act, your mentalist act, I think mentalist. I think of uh, the amazing Kreskin. Yeah. You remember him? Yeah, I do. He was always on TV back in the day. Yes. Canadian. Is he Canadian? Yeah. Well, anyway, that Kreskin guy, I never liked him. I, uh, <laughs> maple syrup on the breath. Yeah, things. mainly because he's Canadian. Tim Hortons all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know in Europe what they put, it, put on their French fries? I don't. Wait, but yes, I do. HP sauce. <laughs> oh. No. Pulp Fiction. What? They had mayonnaise. Don't you remember that? Oh, no. It was about cheeseburgers. <laughs> You're talking about the scene in, with Travolta and yeah, Samuel yeah, L. Jackson? You know, the, yeah. the mayonnaise. He goes, I, I, no, he goes, I never and had... And he goes, the Royale, because yeah, the metric Royale system. Yeah, Royale with cheese. <laughs> yep. How the hell did we go there? I don't, I don't know. know. He's hungry. Yeah. Maybe that's it. You know what? They have French fries. <laughs> He's hungry. So are you bending spoons? Is that what you no, do? No, not at all. No. no. So my, my introduction to mentalism was actually uh, quite different. So I, I'm not a member of the magic circle. I never had a magician kit when I was uh, a kid. Uh, stuff like that. And that was not my niche. Yeah. Right? And uh, you're not your nephew either. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, but I, I was teaching a lot of uh, magicians, actually, in the arts of hypnosis. Yeah. And at one point, actually a guy, a Danish guy who lived in Vegas and tried to, you know, get on the stages and ended up working for Secret and Roy uh, as a builder or one of those who creates all this stuff. He called me up in Denmark saying, well, everybody says you're the guy, you're the the hypno guy. Yeah. And I'm kind of creating this TV show and I need somebody who can teach me hypnosis or at least do the things that I want to be on the show yeah but seemingly like i'm doing it i'm like wait a minute yeah so you're that's kind of milly vanilli yeah it is kind of yeah but i'm like okay um you know what are the ethics Uh, what would the audience know do they know it's hypnosis because if it's if you're claiming it can do something it cannot i'm not doing it I don't want to ruin my business or my industry or my colleagues right right and he said no 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 we want to explain that we're using these methods i'm like okay now it's interesting yeah and I say, well, they have to know, so you're not liable, that you may know how to use the triggers and do some parts of the hypnosis, but they need to know I'm a consultant. You know, but you know, liability, yeah, right? Right. And they're like, let's do it. So we ended up doing four seasons, and he's a he's a mentalist. So you're saying like, who loves you and Sherry and Big Girls Don't Cry. You know, it's, it's, Four seasons, right? Those are all their hits. It's not that the one. <laughs> no? Four seasons of the television He's the show. Danish Wayne. Frankie Valley. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was and ended up winning awards and everything. That's and awesome. uh, I'm like, you know, what you do on stage, um, I can do that with hypnosis. And he's like, no, you can't do that. We need these props and these things or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can blend in the hypnosis part and, and create another storytelling. He's like, that's interesting. So... I got this booking for a stage hypnosis show. Yeah. That really couldn't happen because it was time was too, you know, short and it was not the right audience. I'm like, what do you guys say about if I did some mentalism stuff like covert hypnosis? And they're like, uh, okay, 300 yeah. people. And they booked me. I'm like, shit, I, I have to know something now. Yeah. I did it again. I know. Sorry, Tourette's is a horrible thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just excited. <laughs> I understand. And I, I made this show that was. 
probably it, horrible. It means something in else in Horrible. Danish. Yeah, it means yeah. amazing in, yes. in Danish. Yeah. And uh, it worked out fine. I'm like, oh, this is actually fun because there is the hypnotic part of it. And if I'm blending in different realities mm -hmm. and I can do the covert hypnosis, I can do the storytelling, there might be a little bit of magic there, a little bit of illusions, but it all blends within the language of hypnosis. I'm like, I'm definitely doing this. So can you walk us through sort of a verbal version of what we would see if we if we were well, yeah, watching the show? Um, I, Give me a couple of examples. That would be like, uh, I do a lot of body language reading or manipulation as well. Yeah. So I always have different outs on, on, let's say you pick a card. Okay. I can do this two ways. Either I can manipulate you to pick a certain card, not in a m magician kind of way where I force it. You can look through the entire deck and pick a card yeah. because I planted something in your mind. Wow. And when that is happening, I know what to look for in your reactions. And if, if I don't get it, I'm like, you know, darn, he didn't pick my card. Yeah. But now by asking Good questions. Good job, by the way. Yeah. Darn. I know. Works, yeah. But uh, by asking <laughs> questions, I see reactions to, let's say, if it's cards, you know, it's either black or red, right? Yeah. It might be, uh, you know, a, a suited card, or it might be, uh, you know, it might be a, an image, it might be a number. Uh, and I just go around that, and you will react to it. So by asking questions and you're not answering, I kind of know what card you have. Ah, yeah. gotcha. So, you know. So wow, but different... you have to be extremely observant. Oh, and I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm deep into trance. I, I get yeah. autistic with this. Wow. And uh, that's one thing. Another thing is, uh, you know, uh, I, I get people to pick a random card. While that's happening, I'm, I'm calling a random number. And, and you know, sometimes people just hang up the phone. Other times people actually uh, start chatting with me. And from a regular conversation, I get that other part in, on the phone to pick a random card. And it turns out to be the exact same. Wow. And people are blown away. Of course you yeah. will be. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Do you like to watch the magicians do their thing? I like I like to watch, but you know I, I I I'm I'm damaged from my work, so I don't see the show. I see yeah. all the gestures and all. So like stuff. if you went and saw David Blaine, it would suck because you'd be telling us how he's doing it all. And well, no, I'm I'm fascinated with the with the craft within it. Okay. So I I, I don't want to debunk stuff or anything like that or reveal what's happening. That's yeah. kind of like the code you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love the uh, the the fascination. To be honest is how people wrap it in some sort of storytelling because the magic to me is not how you do it. The magic to me is is whatever reality the yeah. audience is left with. Yeah. And if there's 100 people in the audience, if there's 100 realities, I won. Because if they can figure out a way they think this is what happened yeah. and they get inspired by that and I know what really happened, I'm like, I just influenced them into thinking in a creative way. Yeah. To me, that's the magic. So when people leave the show, are they leaving amazed? Are they leaving happy? Are they leaving... Mind blown. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say mind blown. That's what. I, that's kind of what I assume. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I saw one person that left, left amazed. Chris Angel. He left. Yeah, he amazed. left. He's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those guys, man, I, I just, you know, we've had a couple of magicians in already on this new show. Yeah. And I, I just... I can't get enough of it. I'm like, wow, how do you know? I'm so blown away. Yeah, That's right? the word. Yeah. Blown away. Mind blown. Card tricks on radio. That's got to be awesome. We did it. As a matter of fact, <laughs> hey, hang on a second there. Glad you brought that up, Ken. I just so happened to have my magical deck of cards. Ooh. Oh, wow. 
So he did this thing, the last guest that we had, uh, who's the nine digit. Uh, he's called nine digit because he's missing a finger. Okay. But he did this thing and he cut these like a million ways. And this is what it ended up saying at the end. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that? awesome. There's my name. Wayne Coy. Wayne right, Coy. Right, right. And then look at her. And he knew my card. It was already oh, yeah. ri- it was already on the deck. Oh, that's so nice. After I picked it. Yeah. Right? So I had the Ten of Hearts. I had already selected it. Then he does all this stuff, and it was already written. It's on the card. Ten of Hearts. Yeah. Great song by Juice Newton, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we could actually do some fun right now if you up okay. to it. All right. And, and it even works on radio. Is it cards? No. Oh, good. Because I want to kind of keep these. Uh, you know, the I don't do are. cards because I'm, Just, yeah. Thank you. Okay. I, I usually say I'd rather not do cards. All right. So let's not do cards. Let's do anything. So if, if you can grab a hole in this, I, I'm just handing over a dice right now. There's a dice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ken, so, do you know where this is going already? He may. Yes, I do. Okay. He may. Um, so in between the two of us, there's this, uh, you know. Uh, console. Console. Yeah. So whatever's happening on your side, if I stand up like this, I can see it. Please don't. So if you do this with your hand, you can cover up whatever's on the dice, right? Yeah. So. You want me to do that? Yeah, just in a minute. Okay. So what I want you to do right now is is pick a number. It's a it's a dice, so it's anything between one and six, correct? Yeah. So I want you to think of a number. I want you okay. to cover it up, and I want you to place the dice in a way so the number you picked is facing upwards. Okay. Okay? Right. So whatever that may be, and make sure I don't see it, and just leave it like that, and when you know what it is, just let me know. Got it. Okay. And can I ask you a question? Did yes. you pick that by yourself? I did. You were not influenced, right? Uh, I don't think so. But you picked a two, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. I picked a two. Oh, <laughs> All right. It. So that's one out of one. Look at that. Yeah. There it is, the two. Let's do it again. Okay. You oh, the p- same, you, same trick? You picked a number because okay. n- now you might, you know, it was easy to influence you before that. Right now, we just had a short. Ext- okay. Now I got one. You got one now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so why did you put pressure on the word one? I was wondering if you'd catch that. Yeah, of course. Very I good. Yeah. So they got one now. So what I want you to do now, instead of you choosing, just shake it within your hand, allow it to fall down, and just have a quick glance at it. Just like that. All right? Got it. You got it? Yep. So what I want you to do in just a moment is actually count backwards from from six and down. Okay. But but people usually think that there's there's, some some trick to this. But just count backwards from from six? six down to one. Okay. Just do that now. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So what you did was shaking your head from side to side. The first number, six, was kind of like steady. But what was different is on the five, you kind of like hesitated for a little bit. Okay. And your right eye actually uh, twitched a little bit. Did it? So I would say five. The number's five. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> So stuff wow. like that, and if you put that on a on a stage like big scale, and you you're kind of like merching bigger dice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and you're merching everything that you do, um, you know, the magic part, the illusion part, the storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, the actual, you know, mind read and body read, mm-hmm. but also the influential part with its covert hypnosis in a way. That well, makes I, this, I caught like, myself. Um, I knew I was going to say five, and I was like, man, I don't want to emphasize it. I want to keep it, but I couldn't help it. I did the head thing. So then I'm like, I got to do the head thing on everything now the rest of the way. And that's how I got it, because that's your conscious thought about it. Yeah. And you might be really good at replicating that, 
but your subconscious knew that something happened on the five. My subconscious so, sucks. So, so I'm I'm looking for that. Yeah. So Martin. <laughs> Make okay. Wayne think that he's been a lifelong Raider fan. Can you do that? Yeah, he will open up his eyes in a moment and he actually believes he has a Raider hat on. Yeah. Because I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Now how much would you pay? Okay. No, it's uh, stuff like that that fascinates me. Yeah. Because and the the wow moment I get from audience. Oh, there's a like, wow well, moment yeah. three in a row there. Yeah. Um, Ken, you took a class to learn how to do some of this stuff. Not the mentalism, but some of the stage hypnosis. Oh, and there is a difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. Because you didn't hypnotize me just now. Or well, did you? Well, not officially. Yeah. So what is yeah? What is hypno- being hypnotized? That could be anything from you know planting thoughts and creative ideas, and yeah. you don't have to have your eyes closed. So did I do that? Definitely. Yeah. Right. All that conversational hypnosis, little yeah. micro trances. Oh, okay. Yeah. In in a in a, just in a conversation. Yeah. Like are, mind-bending language. Are people afraid to like uh, hang out with you just because you might you know do something to them? Well, a doctor doesn't keep taking everybody's temperature back home, do they? Well, they do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah, you know, that's a typical reaction. Oh, we should not look into your eyes. Oh, I don't want to like, date him. And I'm like, too late. It's not the eyes. Right. Ah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all misconceptions. But I love it, though. Yeah, it's the eyes with this guy. I can't even look at him. No, it's, it's the bald head. <laughs> I get that a lot in meeting someone for the first time. Like, what do you do? And they oh don't look at me like that little yeah. turn away. Once once we get to know someone like that's never an issue. Like, yeah, yeah. they kind of like oh you're looking at me now. You're looking at me now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because you, you have a you have a very sort of intense stare, and you're doing it right now. Hmm. Do you even know you're doing that? You're conscious. Well, maybe of you're it. making me aware of it at this moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't want you to be self conscious about it. No, I just go deeper but into the stuff. Oh, stop. Intense focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I He's get it. noticing. Yeah. So when you are doing the stage stuff, does that give you the same, you know, takeaway as when you're doing therapy? Um, I know it's different, but I mean, do you feel the same, like, uh, Accomplished, I guess. It's it's really, it's really rewarding watching hypnotic phenomena happen in in front of an audience. Yeah, like even just at a party, Mm. like the kids will go hypnotize, hypnotize my friend, you know, and just like saying, "I'm not going to put you to sleep. I'm not going to take over your mind, but I'm just going to hypnotize your arm." And And you do that, watching the arm rise. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, at a party, do, make it, making them into a human lie detector. I can tell you, you, you can tell me anything, and I'll know whether it's a truth or a lie. Yeah, and 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 it's things like that that you can just do consciously mm-hmm. in a party in a fun. But I, as you probably remember, I bring some of that into my office therapy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, because I'll have people fall into my arm this way and that way and do an arm levitation and. And it's oh, that's it's, right. I remember you did the thing where you made you made my arms loose. That's right. And then they were both hanging down by my <laughs> side. Yeah. Well, then they raised. Right. And you, and you and you fell. You know, I'm saying. I'm and saying, I saw you on YouTube explaining that you you do the thing where you put your fingers in their back. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of hypnotists contact me about that and say, "Oh, there's this pressure point on the back, and like, what's that all about?" And. Yeah. And it's like, 
it's actually you're just, just trying to make the person feel more comfortable. Just having them relax, and it's actually much more subtle than it appears on the YouTube video. Yeah, you know, you know doing street hypnosis in Las Vegas. Yeah, but um, it, yeah, we're just re- relaxing people down. But but having the hypnotic phenomenon, having people experience in an office setting, falling falling over and and having and being caught, and then having their arms levitate, and and it's like that's what they are all hoping. To experience, yep. but most hypnotists just put them in a chair, say, close your eyes, and they talk them into get relaxing. Go, we're going deeper and deeper down an elevator, down a staircase, down, right. down. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I'll, it's amazing. It is pretty stereotypical, though. It is. And, but they're sitting in a chair, and they don't know if anything happened or not. What's truly amazing to me is I'll have people um, fall into my arms three times, have both their arms levitate. I use it as a teaching tool. And they're standing there with both their arms out, and I'm ex- and I ask them, "Do you know you're hypnotized right now?" Ninety five percent say no. Yeah, really. Yeah, and I say, and, and and they say no because it feels different than they thought it would feel. Because notice, how, I say, notice how you can still think. Yeah. You can hear everything I'm saying perfectly clearly. You're yeah. completely in control. But notice how relaxed you are in your body. And relax your arms. I clap my hands, and their arms drop. Yeah, and I explain to them, you're in a hypnotic trance all the freaking time. Yeah. Like when you smoke, you go into a hypnotic trance. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah, and crying is a trance. It is. Well, think about it. Do you do it consciously? Is it a choice? No. No, it bubbles up from within. It's it does. A, from the unconscious mind. Laughter is a trance. No one says, that was very humorous. I think I will laugh now. Ha, ha. That would be robotic <laughs> and ridiculous. It bubbles up from within. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a trance. So the, we're in trance. Actually, I know a couple of people who do that exact thing that you just did. So, oh. yeah. Nancy. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, so when you when I, I spend a lot of time educating my clients, or even on the street, if I'm doing street hypnosis, I'm, I'm explaining to them what's happening, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and what just happened, because I want to expand people's awareness. So that instead of having this vaudeville impression of what a hypnotist is from 120 years ago, yeah, they can it can be updated. It's like watch video footage of 9-11. Yeah. New York was in a complete mass trance. They're all walking around like freaked out. Like they're, they're just, they're glazed over. Right. And when you're in that state, the next thing that's said with authority is going to be accepted by the mind. So careful when you're feeling shocked or surprised or, yeah. um, you know, in a state where you feel you can be vulnerable to what's being said. So the trauma did that to them though. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're Shock saying. Shock creates trance. Right. So when you were in Vegas and you were doing it on the street, you had never done that before. No, I shared that with you. Yeah. But I just I just put it to music and, and posted it, and it got a, like thousands of hits. Yeah. But I was just having dinner with a friend. I'm surprised I let you do it. The, yeah, there's certain places where you can do it, and where there's there's not a boundary. Oh, okay. If you're on a property, you can't you can, can't do it. But if you're right. on the sidewalk. I was right across from the Bellagio in front of Planet Hollywood, yeah. but on the sidewalk, and people can. So you don't need a permit or anything. No, but on Lomb- Lombard Street, on uh, Fremont Fremont Street, you, you have definitely a need a Bosca's permit. license. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got your little circle. You stay in your circle and play some Eagles, man. Okay. <laughs> so are I, you going to be performing where I can go see you do your thing? Not this time, though. But we could actually do some sort of announcement because if people are, think this is kind of interesting. Your your, your audience. Yeah. On this Sunday, I will be bringing students to the streets 
because I'm teaching a class from Friday through Saturday and Sunday. And on the Sunday, I'll bring them to the streets and we'll actually be doing street hypnosis and mentalism. Oh, uh, we got to see this. Yeah, what where street? Is it, where is in, this going to be? In front of the fountains on Bellagio and probably we'll make a stop at Fremont as well. Okay. So it'll be a subtle thing. We'll For be both s- of Wayne Coy's audience. Yeah, right? <laughs> All of them both. Yeah, yeah. We got the one guy who's a little highbrow, the yeah. other one who likes a cheap beard now and again. <laughs> so that's a chance to see it live, though. Yeah, but, cool. um, yeah, hopefully I'll be doing some more like uh, uh, on location shows in, right. in a short while. Has anybody ever said to you, hey, you know, get like a room in Vegas? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like have your own. Yeah. I know it's expensive, though. It is. So. It, well, it depends on because there's so many setups, really. You know, yeah. the, I, I think there's this, this is just like what what entertainers feel about Vegas is what actors feel about uh, Los Angeles, sure. right? Everybody goes there and they think, you know, I'm the magic one. Let's, you know, it's, it's so easy. Let's right. just do it. Right. It's not easy. So, it, you know, I, I've been in town for 16 years now and it's still difficult yeah. because you need to know one, someone who knows someone who knows someone. Sure. Um, and plus, you're on tour all the time. All the time, right? So how could you really do yeah. that anyway? So I thought like 10 years ago, I, I, the only thing I want is a Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm not sure I can do a Vegas show like for, for seven nights in a row. I right. couldn't do that. Three or four, maybe. Piff going, hey, man, I need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, need a spot. Yeah. Right? You need a day off? Let, yeah. me, let me do it. <laughs> no, but yeah, as, you know, as long as I still have my creativity, yeah. which – may apply to Vegas and it may not because you know what what the producers want is when people get back to Vegas they need the same experience as last time and that means you can't change a whole lot about your show oh, so sure. you need to be consistent in what you do and only make right. slight changes and to me that might be a creative prison somehow but it may not creative prison yeah because yeah. if i'm 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 supposed to stick to script you know, and I can't change things on the go and be like uh, improvising as I love doing. Sure. That would be some sort of restriction mm-hmm. unless it's the verbal communication and the interaction that gets me going and, you know, being improvising. Then I can do it. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but you know, things may be cooking right now. I can see you doing that. Yeah. You look okay up on a big billboard. Yeah. That will be fun. Ken, you, you don't have any desire to do that, though, do you? Um. I mean, you live in Sacramento. You're raising kids. I, I, I don't think I'd not for not for a career, right? Like not seven days a week. Right. It's fun. Yeah. You can say I did it. Yeah. And then I'm. It's like yeah. It's a hobby. Yeah. I, I'd I'd love to do it for a month or two. You would. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. I love those videos you did. You know, and that's what your students are going to be doing on the street. Absolutely, because those phenomenons that is so powerful to watch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of very simple stuff, but it applies to the streets. Okay. Uh, so that's what we will be doing uh, on the streets on Sunday. Outside of the Bellagio. Yeah, right in front of the, the fountains. We usually find a pocket right there where it's okay. Yeah. As long as we don't gather too too large a crowd, then it's okay. You have to quickly put the showgirl's costume on. <laughs> or at least, just, uh, yeah. Or keep them away because they will want tips from our yeah. audience. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait a minute. That's, that was the guy <laughs> hey. who was in the Mickey Mouse yeah. suit a minute ago. <laughs> hey! Do no, you, so, uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Are, are you uh, are you on tour now? Uh, uh, only teaching, like okay. on tour teaching. Gotcha. So, yeah. You did a show in Europe the other night. Yeah, well, just before I left, I had a show the same night almost, yeah. yeah. I left in the morning, but I had a show the, the night before that. 
And if people want to see you do that, like online, do, is there a website where people can go? Oh, yeah, to? yeah. If, if they go to Ultimate Street Hypnosis, okay, uh, there'll be definitely videos or at least uh, some links that takes them further to videos. But if you look Martin Castor on YouTube, there'll be... And it's C-A-S-T-O-R. Exactly. Castor. There'll be hundreds of videos. Okay. Uh, multiple will actually uh, hypnotize the entire audience and get them to drop. Wow. And I'm one of the only guys who does that. The whole audience? The whole audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to. That is fun. That is fun. Now, Ken, are you still doing uh, smoking cessation? Oh, yes. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if you finally said, you know, keys to the kingdom to somebody else. No, I've I've trained hundreds of hypnotists around the world who are. Well, you have your own. We talked about this last time. You you have your own protocol, right? Yeah, the Guzzo protocol. Who has a protocol? I don't. I don't know anyone but you. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's the protocol guy. He's the protocol guy. You know, yeah. Shelly Stockwell is the president of the IHF where we met. She said, she, I, I called her up after I'd been doing hypnosis for about four or five years in complete isolation. Yeah. In uh, in a, the basement of a house uh, that can be converted to professional offices. That's house for you that aren't Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and then I, I, I called her up and I, I said, I got a certificate on my wallet says I'm a member of your organization. I should probably come to one of your conferences and maybe take a class. This is four or five years in. Okay. So I did and we hit it off. She's a kook and we just like hit it off. So I came back the next year and I said, hey, I, I've got this process that I've created. I'd love to share. You didn't even think to use the word protocol. I called it the neurological process. Yeah. And she saw it and well, other people saw it first and they said, I learned more in 45 minutes watching your free sh- course, you know, as part of the conference than yeah. I learned t- in two-day training as a pre-course conference. Did the light bulb go off then? And no. No. And she, and Shelley Stockwell said, you need to name this protocol after yourself. Uh-huh. I said, who the heck do you think I think I am? Right? <laughs> like, I'm not going to name it after myself. Um, do you know who I think I am? <laughs> And and I did I so I resisted her for six years and then yeah. f- finally I was teaching my smoking cessation that was part of it, and then I offered it as a standalone and I then I finally named it okay the Gutsa Protocol yeah and uh, but I I couldn't I couldn't do that and and not and I figured I people think I'm taking myself too seriously so I made it this whole advertising campaign about it where I we made all this self deprecating humor and promoted other hypnotists up ah. And they're all making fun in my ads of my program. He got there in spite of knowing the Ken Guzzo protocol. Yeah, what they don't want you to know about the Guzzo protocol. Yeah. It's like, that's what's, cool. what's, what's that? Who's he, you know? Yeah, you are the only person I know that has their own protocol. You're it. I, I feel like, how am I even in your presence? I just feel... Well, you're the only, like, only guy I know that got to have his wedding at the A's ballpark. Right. Right now, that'd be a big deal, wouldn't it? Like, two people would be there to see it. <laughs> Um, so uh, real quick before we do go uh, and I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this so if you don't want to all you have to do is look into my eyes and tell me you don't want to you had a heart attack I did way too young I don't know about that well I mean you're not 75 well here's the thing I was in the hospital and all the other guys having their heart attack were in their 80s see what I'm saying well they looked miserable 
I was doing fine. So if you're going to have one, I, I recommend 52. Do it when you're young. <laughs> Do yeah. it when you're young when yeah. you can skate Go for it. all the gusto you can. <laughs> they were miserable. They were so like, did we find out why? Was it hereditary? Is it? Uh, did you have heart disease and you didn't know it? Well, uh, probably like the rest of my family is really large. Okay. And I was... C- kind of unique and I would kind of yo-yo in my weight like there was a period where I was running three miles a day when I was in my late teens and yeah. I'd thin out and then I'd get heavy again and then I'd thin out um, but I think a lifetime of bad eating what it, what it did was it clogged the vessels leading to my heart so the get, getting blood to my heart was a that was all blocked yeah. like I was 95% blocked 87% blocked 95 they, they looked at me and they said we can't even put stints in you need open heart surgery we can't do this at kaiser you need to go to mercy general wow and um but but i had already lost all that weight with my weight release program i'd already made so many positive changes since i moved to california so i feel i probably would i might have died if i was still that heavy and so i it didn't change my life because i already felt like i made so many positive changes yeah and my heart had no damage to it from the heart attack. That's incredible. And the, my heart because it was a biggie. I mean, quadruple bypass. So was, the, but the heart attack itself was not big. It was twenty minutes of discomfort. It was just the when blockage. I was in bed at night when his son climbed into bed with us at two in the morning. He wakes up and climbed into bed with us. I tucked him in, rolled over, and went, "Whoa!" But I used hypnosis as part of my process. Martin was teaching a class in Europe at that time. And they did um, a what, what do you call it? A distance healing? Yeah, remote healing. Remote healing. Yeah. yeah, I could feel stuff happening when they were. They're all the whole wow. class was focused on that. And other hypnotists reached out to me to offer something or another, and which I really appreciate. The love and support I got was amazing. Yeah, but I used hypnosis for no bleeding, no scar, no pain, and cellular regeneration. Okay, and the surgeon. He's explaining how it's going to go and what's going to happen. And uh, and I said, okay, we'll do the surgery. Like I had a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I you said, know what? I'm thinking not today. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next week maybe. Yeah. But I said, in 27 days, I'm, I've am i got a ticket to Phoenix. I plan on going and taking a two-week training with my friend Martin. We plan on hiking up Candleback Mountain. So that's in 27 days. So. you gotta, you got to get it done. And he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like you're going to be lying in a bed. Right. And I said, why are you getting in the way of my recovery? Yeah. And he shook his head and said, we'll talk about it later. But I used the hypnosis. I got no scar. Oh, that's great. And I, we have the photo from Camelback Mountain. We did it. We, we went up Camelback. Three 20, weeks later. 26 days later. Yeah. I got the staples out. 27 days later, I was on that plane to Phoenix. And I took that two-week training. And hypnosis Martin. was part of that. Hypnosis was the big part of big it. Big part, yeah. Because the mindset is so important. Hypnosis is not just about shifting behavior. You can tell your body not to bleed. That's crazy. Mm. You can – the paramedics now are using hypnosis. uh, Burn victims. They get third-degree burns. You can't recognize their face. They're completely swollen. Their hands look like they're wearing boxing gloves a few hours later. But if the paramedics use a little hypnosis, talk about – imagining their face or wherever they're burned in, in snow and cool and it it tells the body not to infl- uh, inflammate not to inflame yes 
And the doctors are saying, oh, you're be dis- misdiagnosed. This is not third degree burns. It's only t- two degrees, second degree burns. Because you, you took that step. The because EMT they did. took the, those yeah. paramedics, those first yeah. responders. And so now they're teaching them. When you see someone who's unconscious, right. treat them like they're conscious. Tell, don't say, oh, this guy's a goner. On some level, they can hear that. And they f- give up, and their yeah. the mortality rate drops when they talk to them like they're alive. When you get through this, we're taking you to the hospital, even though they're unconscious. They succeed so much that better. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so suggestion, power of suggestion, power, of suggestion. which is hypnosis, really. Yeah. Right. The body reacts to words, <clears throat> right? Does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times tonight. <laughs> Just a couple. Three times. <laughs> That's all. In case you're keeping track at home. Well, if you had three on the over under, <laughs> we have a payoff for you. Well, um, what are you guys doing while you're in town? I mean, I mean, I know what you're doing, but what are you doing? Tomorrow, you're doing your classes? Classes. Doing classes during the day. Yeah. To, we're taking our class out for dinner. Uh, s- somewhere fun tomorrow night. Cool. Shirt shopping as usual. That's our thing. Oh, is the shirt thing? Are you responsible for this? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one. <laughs> wow. Because I remember, you know, I've known Ken long enough. I knew him... Uh, I knew him P.S. I knew him pre-shirt. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, every picture he had on these like Colorful. crazy shirts. Yep. Yeah. So it's you. That's me. Yeah, well, sure is. Martin Castor, Ken Guzzo, thank you both for being here. It Appreciate was a pleasure. It, man. I hope uh, I hope you guys have a great uh, um, mentoring session. And then we'll come see your street hypnosis on Sunday. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, you guys. You too. It's Wayne Coy Show. We're done for tonight. Sorry. Can't do no more. But we do promise we'll be back again tomorrow night at right around 7 o'clock. So hopefully you'll be here for every single bit of that. That would be a lot of fun. I think we should get together. I I didn't check the hockey score on purpose because I don't want to jinx it. Okay, so you can go do that on your own. Have a good night. 